ransomware, MFA, extortion, fraudulent fund transfer schemes. These topics and many others make up the key findings section of the 8th Annual Data Security Incident Response Report, informally known as the DSIR Report. Each year, the incident response attorneys within the Digital Assets and Data Management Group, or DATAM, provide statistics and analytics around the incidents they encountered the previous year in a report that is eagerly received by clients, vendors, media outlets, and frankly, anyone interested in or tasked with their company's digital asset or risks. I'm Amy Kotman, and you're listening to Baker Hosts. This, our seventh episode in the series exploring the 2022 DSIR report, asks the question, are you ready for the CPRA? Our guests today are Jennifer Mitchell, a partner on our Privacy, Governance, and Technology Transactions team, and Justin Yetter, an associate on our Privacy, Governance, and Technology Transactions team. Welcome to the show, Jennifer and Justin. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Really glad to be here. Justin, can you tell us a little bit about what the CPRA is and how it expands the CCPA's requirements? Sure. So the CPRA, which is the acronym for the California Privacy Rights Act, expands on existing law, the CCPA or the California Consumer Privacy Act. And in a nutshell, what the CPRA means is more rights for more people. To expand on that just a little bit in terms of the additional rights, uh, currently the CCPA provides a right to know, a right to delete, a right to opt out of sales, among some other rights. And where the CPRA comes in is to expand that list. So when the changes brought by the CPRA take effect on January 1, 2023, Californians will additionally have the right to correct the right to opt out of sharing of personal information for behavioral advertising, the right to limit use and disclosure of sensitive personal information under some circumstances, and the right to opt out of automated decision-making. So that's really what I mean by more rights. But there's also this other dimension in which the CPRA expands the CCPA, and that is by providing all of these rights to a broader group of people. Right now, the CCPA rights are available to California consumers. However, when the CPRA takes effect, it's ending existing exemptions for employees, job applicants, and business-to-business contacts. And what that means is that essentially Californians will have all of these privacy rights with regard to businesses no matter the context in which they interact with the business, whether as a consumer or a customer or an employer or job applicant or so on, the rights will always apply. I agree, Justin. And I think I would add, in addition to the new rights, uh, companies will also need to fulfill other requirements and develop new processes regarding updating contracts to include the new provisions that are required for service providers, contractors, and third parties. And companies will also need to undertake audits and risk assessments for high-risk processing of personal information, which is still to be further defined by the agency. The proposed regulations include many new or updated requirements compared with the core statutory text of the CPRA. Jennifer, what should businesses pay especially close attention to in these requirements? That's a great question, Amy. So on May 27th of this year, the CPPA the agency uh, that was created under the CPRA 
to administer the CPRA and, and also the agency that's charged with rulemaking and enforcement of the law, did release their initial proposed regulations that interpret the CPRA's new requirements and update many of the existing rules. So, for example, one of the most controversial areas was relating to the browser-based opt-out signal that Justin mentioned. Now, all businesses that either sell or share personal information will be required to recognize an opt-out preference signal, regardless of whether they post an opt-out link on their website as well. And this represents a significant departure from a common reading of the text of the CPRA itself. Companies may feel unprepared to meet this requirement given the lack of implementation guidance and also the technical challenge that the signal presents. I think another proposed regulation with a very big impact relates to the restrictions on collection and use of personal information which requires that a business's collection, use, retention, and or sharing of a consumer's personal information shall be reasonably necessary and proportionate to achieve the purpose for which the information was processed. And it also needs to be consistent with what an average consumer would expect. Most interestingly, a business is now required to obtain explicit consent before collecting, using, retaining, and or sharing consumers' personal information for a purpose that's unrelated or incompatible with the purpose that the information was collected or processed. And with respect to new consumer rights, the proposed regulations also fill gaps relating to the right to correct, such as how a business should determine the accuracy of personal information and also providing specific steps that are required to handle a request as well as examples of situations where correction may require a disproportionate effort. Yeah, I agree with everything that Jen has just said. And I'll say as well that as we saw with CCPA compliance back in 2020, the regulations are really critical to a full understanding of what the law requires. One additional provision I'd draw attention to is a helpful new reorganization of the requirements around notices that must be provided under the law. This is not so much necessarily a new requirement as the agency undertaking the effort to move around various existing requirements into what it refers to as something of a checklist for businesses to follow when they're deciding what needs to go into a privacy notice, um, a notice at collection, and so on. So one additional provision to be aware of as you're looking at the regulations targeting updates to be done by 2023. Justin, what are the most recent developments from the California Privacy Protection Agency? Great question, Amy. This is something that we've all been following very closely. Just to set the stage for what we're watching, the California Privacy Protection Agency, or the CPPA, is a brand new regulatory body created by the California Privacy Rights Act to enforce the act. It's also responsible for drafting regulations, implementing the requirements of the CPRA. So over the past several months, we've been watching not only the rulemaking process, but also the birth and staffing of this brand new administrative agency. That newness has posed some challenges for the agency. They have been working to hire staff to actually run the agency. Uh, The meetings that have taken place so far, um, especially early on, were primarily just the board members. The agency mostly existed on paper, but they now have um, a number of high-level staff and have uh, borrowed some staff from other agencies to help get things off the ground. 
and have published an initial set of regulations under the CPRA. Based on what we have heard from the CPPA board, we're expecting final regulations probably sometime in the fall into the early winter of this year. They've said something like Q3 or Q4 of 2022 is when we can expect uh, to have the final version of the regs. Um, Meanwhile, to answer your specific question in terms of what the most recent development is, the agency has come out and the board has voted against the um, federal ADPPA privacy law, which in its current draft includes preemption of much of the CPRA. So the very most recent event for the CPPA was actually holding something of a protest meeting against the notion of preemption at the federal level. Thanks, Justin. I agree that is that is certainly the most interesting development with regard to the CPPA. I would also just add that we are in the middle of the 45-day comment period for the draft regulations that were released back in late May. And written comments are supposed to be submitted to the agency by August 23rd, and public hearings are coming up uh, on August 24th and 25th to discuss those comments. Let's look ahead. Jennifer, what can businesses do to build their CCPA compliance programs with an eye towards CPRA compliance? Sure. Well, of course, there is a lot in flux here, especially with regard to the ADPPA that Justin discussed. And we are, of course, closely monitoring the ADPPA's progress. But as we are approaching the end of the year, we're advising companies to proceed as if the CPRA will, in fact, become operative as planned on January 1st. And there's still a lot of work to do. So with respect to the CPRA specifically, Having an updated and expanded data map is is more important than ever. Uh, That's typically where we start with our compliance planning. In order to comply with the CPRA, companies will have to have a thorough understanding of the personal information that the company handles. And we're advising that companies should focus on the new rights that, that Justin mentioned, such as rights concerning sensitive personal information, automated decision making, and also having a comprehensive data map with respect to the new populations of consumers that will be included in the CPRA, such as the employees and and business-to-business information. So we think of it uh, in terms of starting with the identification of applications and processes that are in scope with the CPRA, and also starting to assess what exceptions may apply. Businesses will also need to develop processes for responding to privacy rights requests. And of course, that data map will be instrumental in starting to map out those processes, including developing internal training and procedures for responding to requests in a compliant and a timely manner. And finally, I would mention that companies should start focusing on ensuring that the updated requirements for contractual terms are in place with their service providers, contractors, and third parties. That is a really long list and a completely accurate list. There is really a lot to be done in order to be ready for CPRA, even for businesses that feel like they have CCPA compliance under control. There's only one thing I would really add to that, and that is that as businesses are working to comply with CPRA, to make sure that they're not forgetting about the requirements under the other four state privacy laws that have passed to date. While I'm an extremely proud Californian, and I always say that California is the center of the universe, we're now in a situation where there are five comprehensive privacy laws in the United States. 
they all include subtle differences. And so I would encourage any business that's looking at CPRA compliance to also bear in mind unique requirements under Virginia or Connecticut or Colorado or Utah as well. And there are some efficiencies that can come along with addressing those requirements now, as opposed to waiting until a CPRA compliance project is finished and then going back to address unique requirements for other states later on. This gets to probably what I, I think is the major takeaway that I would urge every business to bear in mind for CPRA compliance. And that is that, as I think was clear from the list that Jen described, there's really a lot to be done. And so I would encourage all companies right now to start taking a look back at their CCPA compliance if they haven't already done so and hopefully start working on some of these requirements, even while we're waiting for the regulations to be finalized. There's really no time like the present to start working on what needs to be done because there's a lot to do before January 1, 2023, and everyone wants to be ready for these new requirements. Thank you, Jennifer and Justin, for this important information. Thanks for having us, Amy. Yeah, thanks so much, Amy. It was a pleasure being here. If you have any questions for Jennifer and Justin, their contact information is in the show notes. As always, thanks for listening to Baker Hosts. Comments heard on Baker Hosts are for informational purposes and should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. Listeners should not act upon the information provided on Baker Hosts without first consulting with a lawyer directly. The opinions expressed on Baker Host are those of participants appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information about our practices and experience, please visit bakerlaw.com.